1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to
0: us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: What is the most festive holiday movie? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My talk 1071 streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Uh, the experts at OnBuy.com. What's that? <laughs> I don't OnBuy? even know. It's a like website where okay. you can buy things, I think. Um, anyway, it's a British company. Uh, they have compiled the most festive Christmas holiday movies. And it's dumb and it's wrong.
2: Oh. Okay. In my well, humble opinion. What kind of movies are on there?
1: Well, I don't quite want to tell you yet because I just want to remind oh. everybody we're asking you. What do you think the most festive Christmas films are? Six five one I'm going to tell you what the number one most festive holiday film is. Are okay. you ready what for that it? Mean?
2: I I do have a question about the sure. question, but go on.
1: Well no, ask your question about the what question. What does festive mean? That's a very British question it's to ask. Christmassy. The like festive the Christ- season. The Christmassiest Christmassy movie.
0: What's the festive season?
2: But aren't all Christmas movies festive?
1: I don't know, Bradley. I think that I guess I just festive is in the eye of the...
2: Okay. Festivator. Does this mean like, what's my favorite Christmas movie or holiday film?
1: Okay. So can, uh, I'm going to try to explain to you the difference to me. For example, number five on the list of most festive Christmas movies is Miracle on 34th Street. Okay. Oh, sorry. That was the wrong movie. Forget it. Um <laughs> I'll start here yeah. then. Number one is how the Grinch stole Christmas. I don't really find that movie that to be festive? festive. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I no, know now with Jim means, Carrey, it is, it is the two thousand one. It's the two thousand. So I think that's Ew, the Jim Carrey no. one, right? Yeah,
0: that is. That was
2: creepy, actually. Right?
1: Yeah. Okay, so I don't find that to be festive, but that was number one. So, duh. Well, that, yeah. Again, I think this is a dumb list.
2: Cheerful and jovially celebratory.
1: So my. Most festive, my opinion, the most festive Christmas movie is Elf because it is like it fills you with good cheer. There is a beautiful message about it, about what this holiday is all about. I just feel the good feelings when I see that movie.
2: Yeah, and I would say, like, mine would actually be the one that's 15th on the list White Christmas. I feel like that is a definition of.
1: Like celebratory and festive. Yes.
2: Jovially celebratory. I don't know though that number thirteen on this list, Scrooged or fourteen, Jack Frost. Are those jovial? Celebratory movies? Well, Anyways, okay, so, so I feel like
0: oh, it's, it's just a Christmas carol. Jack Frost is Michael Keaton as an animatronic snowman. So
2: Yeah, but cheerful and jovially celebratory.
0: I feel yeah. like it's in your heart
1: whether or not something is festive. Six five one six four one one oh seven one. What is the most festive holiday movie in your opinion? Um, Holly, do you have any uh thoughts on festive Christmas movies?
0: I think this list is so it, dumb, it is, right? It's pretty dumb, but uh, <laughs> you asked my opinion. Wait a second, where's Home Alone? Thank you. See, that's also there's rude. that dumb. Also, Jack Frost. Do we remember what Jack Frost is? Was that like a horror movie? No, that's what
2: I said. Wasn't yeah? Wasn't it a horror movie? I
0: mean, you would think because this not horror. Is- No, No, this is the movie where Michael Keaton dies in a car accident, and then he comes back to life as a talking snowman with scary eyebrows.
2: Thank you. Not festive.
0: Not festive at all. Also, I don't know what nativity is. I mean, I guess it's just a movie about the nativity with an exclamation point. Cause it's extra festive.
1: I don't, that's not even like on my list. Nativity
2: exclamation point. Yes,
1: what is that. And doesn't pol- even it, uh, Google it. It doesn't even show up. Also terrifying. You have to type
2: on... in nativity movie.
1: Well, that's yeah. dumb. Yeah.
0: Also terrifying. <laughs> it's a film <laughs>
2: series. Oh, it looks like it's a British film. Yeah, it
1: series. is. Oh, okay. It oh.
0: looks kind of funny. <sighs> also terrifying the polar express yeah let's get trapped in the uncanny valley with terrifying I tom know. hanks well, speaking for an hour of and uncanny a half.
2: valley the grinch stole christmas 2000 that was the creepiest one ever
0: i know so see this is a dumb
1: list i'm glad you're we're all on board with that um 6516411071 <laughs> so basically
2: we just trashed the list well
1: apparently we're just like the scrooges I- here
2: um, you think Alf. I said White Christmas. Holly doesn't say anything because she's got someone on the phone. Yeah, she's
1: busy right now. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you, like, number 11, Bradley, you've never seen this movie, but it's a wonderful life. I think people watch it in a festive way. I don't see that as a cheerful. particularly cheerful or festive no. movie. So I don't... It, like the definition Christmas Carol? Me-
2: I mean, again, Christmas Carol is kind of... It's not really... F- Cheerful. Like there's a darkness. There's an end part yeah. that is cheerful, to be sure. No spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but there's not a lot of cheer pretty throughout. Dark yeah, it's for a... most of the movie. Although
1: the Muppets don't make it super dark. That's true. Right. That's it's true. the Muppets. So maybe that's why it's more festive. Right. Because <laughs> suddenly, when you have hairy puppets, everything is a little bit funnier. <laughs> Do I hear you talking sass about Michael Caine with the Muppet Christmas? See, I candle? knew she was going <laughs> to get like, Michael Caine she in there because rushed all those puppet. colors off the phone. She he was did like. Not- get-
2: he did not have a hand up his behind in that movie. <laughs> no,
1: sir. You don't That know. we know of. Holly, who do we have on the phone? Let's go to Annie. Hi, Annie. What's the most festive Christmas movie? Hi, Annie. Hi. Um, it's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Wait, which one? Oh, I Miss- didn't know there was such Mr. a thing. Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. It's an old, old one. Jim Backus does Mr. Magoo. But the music is done by Julie. Is it Jules Stein who did Funny Girl?
2: Oh, I wow. love this. The music okay. is
1: just fantastic, and it's Mr. Magoo. <laughs> I love this. Thank you. Right, it is Joel Stein that did uh, the the yeah. music. Oh, thank you, Annie, for that. That's a hot tip right there. I didn't even know this was a thing.
2: Yeah, I didn't either. Nineteen sixty-two.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Holly. Who else do we have on the line? We have Jason. Hello, Jason. What is the most festive Christmas movie?
2: It's got to be Die Hard.
1: I'm you know okay. what I don't disagree with you
2: there we go Christmas it's not Christmas until Hans gets thrown off the of Nakatomi Plaza
1: exactly I'm with you thank you for <laughs> the seeing cheerful, the actual like you know what movie? here's the thing there are, we've gone round and round in circles about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie I think it is a Christmas movie But is it
2: a festive Christmas movie
1: I feel festive when I watch it <laughs> yippee okay, ki- so- yay whatever mm-hmm. we're not going to finish that definition yeah. <laughs> again it's in the eye of the beholder um well good here's the good news uh i brought you a list that was trash and you and all agreed fixed it. and we fixed it yeah. so yay thank you go team when we come back on the colleen and bradley show we have solved the monolith mystery
2: done well kind of
1: Okay, so you bring me on a ride every day with the monolith. Do you know yeah. that? No,
2: we we uncovered the story of the removal of the monolith. We know who removed it. We don't know who placed it.
1: Okay, so we've got half the story... And then it leads us to other places. We'll talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. We have solved the mystery of the monolith. Congratulations. Or have we? This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. Did we uh, solve that mystery then?
2: You know, we solved part of the mystery of the monolith. And I love how this story every day sort of just continues. Because the world... And actually, as I was reading about this yesterday, the world is far more fascinated in this monolith story than perhaps we have actually realized. Because as I was uh, trying to understand the timeline of what went down when this monolith was removed from Utah, I was like, whoa, there's some stuff going on. So for those of you who maybe don't remember... This mysterious metal monolith showed up in Utah after some Bureau of Land Management folks were looking for some sheep. They found this big metal thing sticking out of the ground. They were like, we don't know what it is. But then everybody on the internet was like, it's probably aliens. And then everybody became fascinated by, like, how did this get here? Where did it come from? It just showed up in the middle of nowhere. Well, apparently everybody and their uncle has since gone to try to see this thing. And you may remember... Um, when we first talked about it, that we said that it was out of the way. And one of the things that um, authorities or officials were concerned about is that people would try to, like, get to this thing, and it's out of the way. It's also in a dangerous area in terms of, like, it's hard to get to. You could trip, you could fall, you could roll an ankle. But it's also... In the midst of protected land Um, and that land of course is very fragile right it's a fragile ecosystem and there are plants and animals and um, all sorts of stuff well apparently that was causing a real problem that people were driving into this area where there were no roads they were walking into the area where there were no um, paths and so frankly um, it was it was just not a good situation well Okay. You also had a bunch of people hiking up and, like, taking photos for, like, social media and stuff. So one night, all of a sudden, there are these guys that are taking photos and they're just kind of hanging out. And they see some guys come up with headlamps and proceed to dismantle the monolith and take it away. And that's the part of the story we now know about. It sounds like private citizens took it upon themselves because of the risks... And because of the danger and because of the damage that people's curiosity was doing, they took it upon themselves to uh, dismantle and remove the monolith so that it would stop bringing people to the area.
1: Okay, I have so many questions.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that I can answer them. Well,
1: I'm sure some of them you can. The first one is this. So it wasn't the guys who were there taking the pictures when they were there bebopping around in the middle of the night. It was... They took video and pictures of the other people that were removing it. Yes. Okay, I'm suspicious, but oh, fine. Number two, I just feel like um, that's just like an interesting, st- like that's the story you tell when you're like, I didn't do it, but I saw somebody else do it.
2: Oh, okay. You well, know well, what the I guys mean? Guys came forward, so oh, okay. I can tell you what they. Okay, had to thank
1: say. you for that. So we're gonna get to that in a second. Secondly, where is the thing?
2: We don't know. They, they um, I, I don't know specifically where it is. They took it away. One of the culprits identified himself on social media after the people who took the photographs were like, uh, we just saw this video or we just took this video and these photos of people dismantling it. We don't know who they are. Um, and we kind of just let them because we're like, we're not getting in the way of this. One of those people came forward and on a social media post, his name is Sylvan Christensen, who uploaded videos on instagram and tiktok showing his group uprooting the ob- obelisk monolith writing quote don't abandon your personal property on public land if you don't want it to be taken out and he went on like you can tell these people are very very you know they were not amused by somebody like dropping something in right um public land quote Uh, The ethical failures of the artist for the 24-inch equilateral gouge in the sandstone from the erecting of the Utah monolith was not even close to the damage caused by the Internet sensationalism and subsequent reaction from the world.
1: Oh, my gosh. According Um, to my research.
2: (laughs) The land wasn't physically prepared for the swaths of curious (laughs) tourists. People arrived by car. Now, here's what you're going to appreciate, because you're 12. People arrived by car, by bus, by van, helicopters, planes, trains, automobiles, he didn't say that, motorcycles, e-bikes. There's not even a parking lot. There aren't bathrooms. And yes, pooping in the desert is a misdemeanor. There was a lot of that.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: So apparently this was really causing some problems. and, And, you know... Um, whoever is in charge, like, looked the other way because they were like, well, this isn't private property and it's on public land, so get it off. If somebody takes it off, it's not our problem, right? Right. Um, And so you can, I guess you can see in this video, I've just seen some video of them carrying the pieces away. They, like, basically push it over and then dismantle it. But that doesn't get us any closer to who put it there in the first place. and then
1: I'm sorry. And then I go into this other space where I'm like... Okay, so they just were like, they took it upon themselves out of anger to take, I mean, isn't that like vandalism? Vandalism? You know what I mean?
2: Isn't it vandalism? Well, I mean, it's...
1: Like, if the person uh, who put it there was kind of vandalizing or
0: not, you know, whatever, and then they take it down.
1: isn't that like i don't know i just feel like who's you who gets to just decide like who, we're, who does that <gasps> what? i don't know i guess i just don't live in a world where i can be like i don't like that there and then just go knock it over yeah yeah and well i mean haul it it's, away
2: it's i mean there's a reason they did it in the dark of night let's be clear okay yeah. right like so um, but then they came forward, so they're obviously fine with it. And I think part of the reason they were fine with it was because, you know, authorities came forward and said, like, this thing was removed. Um, it's private property on public land, so we kind of don't have an opinion about it. Like, some, but it's not our problem, right? Like, we're. I, I imagine they were grateful because, although I am interested as to why they didn't just remove it, maybe they didn't have the resources, right. Or I, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, but I don't... these
1: three yahoos in the middle of the night with their headlamps did. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just, everything about this story is so strange to me.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure they're glad that they took it away because now the thing that they actually have to deal with is all the crap that people left behind. Literally, yeah. Literally, yeah. Well, and, because and, we're not nice. And that's
2: the thing that, like, at the end of the day, I was like, as I was reading the statement from these yahoos who were like, you know, vigilantes of, you know, public lands. I mean, somebody should stand up for public land, I guess. As I was reading it, I was like, of course, we cannot have anything nice. And by anything nice, I mean, like even in this moment when, like, this dumb story kind of brought us all together to be curious about, like, where did this monolith come from? That's fascinating. I wonder if it's aliens. (laughs) Ha ha ha, it's probably not aliens, but it could be, you know, it's probably an interest. it's just a feel-good story. And, of course, by the end of it, you're like, there are, like, hordes of people pooping in the desert because they can't just enjoy the right. nice story. <laughs> they have to, like, go there because and 2020 there. has taken every <laughs> bit of hope away from them that they're trying to lick a piece of metal stuck in the middle of a desert.
1: I will I, I will say, like, there, this, this whole story has revealed like all the different facets of humanity. Because to your point, Bradley, right. Like there's the people that are like, well, I have to go there and then they're gonna go poop in the desert and they, they just have to see the thing and well, you can who knows see the, why.
2: Hey kids, get in the car,
1: we gotta go look at this yeah, thing.
2: And mom's but, like, really, do we have to? But then
1: there's this other subset of humanity that I'm like the champion of. And this is the people who used Google Earth, we talked about them yesterday, to try mm. to pinpoint the location and figure out how long it's been there. and Like the, the problem solvers, right? We have the problem makers and we have the problem solvers.
2: Yeah. And then we have the problem poopers.
1: Exactly. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, they'll show up in crazy, stupid idiots. Uh, we'll tell you Yay! about the dumb people doing dumb things after this on my talk 107. One. Dumb people doing dumb things. we love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show my talk 107. One, streaming live mitalk mytalk1071.com, everything entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. And these are your crazy, stupid idiots.
0: Well, then, I guess one could say that's a crazy, stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. It
2: sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. Idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again. Oftentimes in the state of
1: Florida. 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 Like where?
2: Well, Pennsylvania. Mm. I need to take you to Blair County, Pennsylvania and tell you about an Allegheny man who's in prison after police say he did something. After doing something,
1: oh, I know what he did. Did you? Yeah, he tried to find the obelisk and he pooped. In the <laughs>
2: <desert>. <laughs> he pooped oh. in the desert. Aren't we all <laughs> just trying to find the monolith, pooping in the desert? I mean, that's just an allegory I mean, that's like for
1: a me- life. Metaphor for 2020. Yeah, I'm just searching. trying to find
2: that metal obelisk,
1: <laughs> and I oh, pooped I gotta in go the desert. desert.
2: That's also a chapter in uh, like the Jesus story when I had to poop in the desert.
1: I don't actually remember like... that part of the Jesus story.
2: It was a lost okay. one of them lost books. Yeah, it's
1: yeah, um, one of they those found ones it they in the hid, cave. They hid it in a Somebody tree. was reading on the toilet. <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Daniel Rizza is 20 of McKeesport, Pennsylvania, and he did something. And it's going to change your life forever. Remember, I said he did something after he did something, and it was the stupid thing he did after the really stupid thing he did that earned him crazy, stupid idiot status. And it all began on November 27th, just after 5 p.m. He called state police and said the following Help, I've run out of gas in my gray Audi. Okay, well,
1: okay. I mean, that that's happens, a bummer. I hate right? when that happens.
2: Um, he did say, though, uh, because he called, again, he called the state police.
1: I ran out of gas,
2: but please don't send a police officer. Okay, well, okay, well why did you what, call the yeah. police? Who do you want them Who to send? Who do you want, like the gas oh, patrol?
1: Mm, I bet that he wanted them to send like a naked lady or something.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't that be nice? But don't
1: send a police officer. Send a naked person.
2: Yeah. No, in fact, he said, don't send a police officer. And they were like, well, that's not how that works, sir. So um, they did go ahead and and send uh, state police. It was actually a Pennsylvania State game warden who arrived. And um, that's when things went wrong. Because upon giving him gas oh, they didn't give him gas he already <laughs> they just had give him well, some taco yeah, bell
1: they brought him a few burritos
2: <laughs> he Ooh. didn't want a police officer because of the following his gray audi mm,
1: was full was of not, meth was oh. not his gray audi oh it was stolen
2: it was stolen
0: <laughs> i'm <ain't> helping
2: <laughs> uh yes it was stolen And um, so they drove up and were like, here's some gas. Let's see your license and register. Whoa. (laughs) So he was charged with felony count of receiving stolen property and is now in prison.
1: Mm, That went south real quick.
2: Yeah. That's
1: not how he wanted that story to end.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: (sighs) All right. For our next story, we are going to a swingers convention. Ooh, that'll
2: be fun. I
1: know. It's called <laughs> Naughty and Nollins. It's a swingers convention. That Wait took a minute, place... are we doing those? Well, yes, apparently we are, and that's what makes this a crazy stupid idiot.
2: Oh, okay. The
1: Naughty and Nollins convention took place in New Orleans last month. <laughs> and by the way, Nollins is spelt. N A W L I N S Nollins. Um, there were three hundred people in attendance at the swingers conference. And can you guess what happened? It turned into a super spreader oh, event. Super and sp- I don't mean that. <laughs> okay. Okay. In a sexy Aren't they way. All? Hey! <laughs> yeah. Well, those super spreaders turned into super oh. spreaders. Oh. And um, I mean,
2: that's so obvious. It's
1: so obvious. Now the organizers are just, and actually, I think there's a lesson in this for everybody, right? Don't go to a Mm. swingers conference during a pandemic, okay? And that there's no punchline to the joke. You will be a super spreader. Actually, that is the punchline because um, the organizers of the event are kind of upset because they're like, we really, we went to some extraordinary measures. Um, to figure to like figure out how to make this happen. The organizer is a guy by the name of Bob Hannaford. He hosted this uh Naughty and Nollins event. Um, and what they did is actually it really is remarkable. They had everybody take an antibody test okay. or a recent COVID test. Okay. Um, before they showed up at the conference. Now I would just like to point out I think you can have a positive uh yeah. case somewhere between still, your last negative yeah. case and whenever you showed up at yeah. the convention.
2: And just cuz you had antibodies when you I don't know anyway yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean there's like I don't know. blah blah they blah. They were trying to reduce risk. They were trying to reduce sure. risk um and they but they thought there was no way. They thought they were 100% safe, right? So they had like they said 50% of the people who showed up at this naughty and Nolens event um had antibodies already. And um the other uh, rest of the the rest of the people who showed up did have a recent negative test. Um mm-hmm. and he said, but like here here it happened anyway. It started with fourteen positive cases mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Um actually sorry, it started with five positive tests on Monday. Mm-hmm. I almost said testes. <laughs>
2: I'm sure there were a few testes sure Did you have positive a positive testes?
1: And on Tuesday, they were I up to positive 14 testies. positive
0: testes.
2: Can I come? Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> and then, by <laughs> Wednesday... They
1: had 29 positive cases, and and now by last count they have 41 <laughs> positive tests out of 300 we people. Shouldn't laugh. No, we shouldn't because actually, a very serious. What's story. super frustrating about this is that they only know about 41 positive tests. Yeah, there are other people who have not tested. They were supposed to test after the event, but now that they've got these 41 positive cases, they've they're not even testing. Or they know that other people are not testing, so this has effectively um, turned into like a huge. Uh, the swingers event has turned into a super, <laughs> super spreader, spreader
2: event. Oh, uh, It just writes itself. Yeah.
1: so there you go. Mm-hmm. Do better. Yeah.
2: I will say I would in say, other
1: news, you know, when in an event like that, you really want more <laughs> negative testes. That's true. Yeah.
2: Um, I'm I'm going to move on because I I could just belabor this this particular story. I think story, we but would
1: love to, but there you go.
2: Uh, I want to take you to Nashville, Tennessee.
1: Nashville, Nashville.
2: Uh, and I want to tell you about something that happened. Now, imagine, imagine you had to leave your home. I don't know why you're on vacation. You have a business trip, whatever. But then you were uh you returned to your home in Hillsboro West End and you found something that will change your life forever. In fact, this gentleman found a crazy stupid idiot in his home, but it's not just the crazy stupid idiot he found in his home, 38-year-old Carl Perry. It was everything else he found in his home.
1: Okay, so he found a stranger in his home.
2: Yep, so imagine your shock when you find yeah a man and i will tell you he was
1: naked oh a naked man
2: yeah he was naked now if i came home and found a naked man in my
1: house
2: (laughs) my first thought might be terror followed by oh no um
1: curiosity
2: curiosity (laughs) uh no so this and by the way if you see him you're not going to be like whoa what's going on here you're Are you telling
1: terrified. me it's not naked Zac Efron? Because that's it's not naked. the fantasy Efron. version yes. of this so far. I'm like, oh, I get home and Zac Efron is naked at my house. Yes,
2: this is not Zac Efron. This is his troll cousin. Okay. Um, 38-year-old Carl Perry, who is naked inside this gentleman's home. But wait, there's more. You don't just return home to a naked man Ooh. who, by the way, has probably stolen some stuff from your house. But he's also left some stuff around the house. Including um, trash.
1: Okay, well, that's not good. And what else? But, but wait,
2: there's more. Food rotting on the floor. Wow. The microwave above the stove was completely melted and had fallen off the wall.
1: Wow. But How do wait. you even do that?
2: I don't know. That's disturbing. But wait, there's more. This is my favorite part. Okay. The walls were covered... Feces.
1: Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. Schmeichel matter.
2: Schmeises. Oh, no. The walls had schmeises on them. So imagine coming into your home. Your microwave has melted off the wall. There is a naked man in the living room. (laughs) That
1: is the worst day ever. Like, I got home. There's a naked guy in my house. The microwave has melted off the wall, and there's poo all
0: over.
2: (laughs) And who do you call? Like, at that Those point, spusters. I think I just turn around. <laughs> I think I turn around, call 911, followed by, I don't know. There's... I don't know. What's the cleanup Cause I would not crew want to go for back that situation? The... Like, know. how do you call
1: Merry Maids and say,
2: like, No, you don't. You no. don't.
1: You, you Maids
2: is that like, up. no thanks. Yeah, no, we are thanks. not doing we that. We don't do doo-doo. We, do, we <laughs> don't <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh. Hi, there's... Oh, excuse me. Hi, there's doo-doo on my wall. <laughs> Click. Yeah, twenty twenty has brought us a lot, friends, <laughs> and we're not entertaining that.
0: Yeah, you're just gonna have to get that pressure cleaner thing, you know, that you use the asphalt yeah. to, to clean Excuse the asphalt. Me, what?
1: The what?
2: <laughs> I don't think. Well, it was technically yeah. the asphalt. <laughs>
1: it really was. You would need something to clean the asphalt.
2: It was his responsibility.
1: <laughs> now that's a bidet. <laughs> Oh, what happened to him?
2: Uh, He was taken into custody.
1: Did he say why he... Did he say why he... Nope. Melted the microwave and pooed on the walls?
2: Nope. It just said that every piece of furniture in every room was, quote, damaged beyond repair.
1: I mean...
0: I mean, they're just going to have to burn that whole house
1: down. Like, how do you... You don't clean that up and then... Like, cause even, okay. So for example, sometimes, right? Like a pot boils over, like, or like you get like spaghetti sauce that sprays a little bit on your kitchen wall. And you are finding that stuff for a solid couple years (laughs) sometimes, right? Like you're like, oh man, I thought I got everything, but nope. There's, you're, you're going to be haunted by that man's schmices for as long as you live in that house. I was
2: going to say, and I feel like there will be any time the room gets hot.
1: Oh, there's going to be Ooh, like yeah. a, a
2: kind An of a, a, yeah,
0: nutty mm-hmm. flavor.
1: Okay, uh, Holly. Uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> what did you, What? When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, it's time to play a little game. That game is called The Throwback.
2: <laughs> I'm Bradley Trainer,
1: And I'm Don McLean.
0: We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item.
2: A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out.
0: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
2: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
1: Live, we're going to do that after this on My Talk 107.1.
0: Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them? There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is, when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things. Visit That's shipt.com/holiday. That's s h i p t.com/holiday.